Hej på er där hemma! Det blir dags för avsnitt nummer två här av Gamerporträttet och idag ska jag ge mig på den livsfarliga uppgiften att faktiskt prata engelska. Vi får se hur det kommer att gå. Kanske blir det lite stamning och lite fram och tillbaka, men det gör ingenting. För att idag har vi med oss en fantastisk kvinna som kommer från andra sidan av jorden. Och det är nämligen Lama som håller på med Dota 2-kommentering. Och nu ska vi bjuda in henne här i den här diskussionen också. Lama, welcome to my portrait here. Hello. <laughs> First off, can't you just introduce yourself? Tell, tell us what, you, what your name is, how old you are, where are you from? Uh, I'm Lama. I'm 24, 24, probably. What, what year is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm Australian originally, but I uh, work in Seattle and I did some schooling in the US. So I'm a bit of a mix of all things. A mix of all things. And uh, so I, I watched your Twitch channel and it says, um, I mean, before it said you're an aspiring Dota 2 commentator, but now you say you're a freelancing Dota 2 commentator. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, basically, when I started out, I didn't think, um, from most people that I've seen casting, or even me, it's like really rare that you get any success. So when I started out, I definitely just put it as, hey, this is my hobby and so on. But I feel like I've managed to cast for some bigger names now, and I definitely feel that I can say I'm freelance instead of just aspiring. That's awesome. So what, what made you decide that you wanted to be a commentator? Uh, basically, I went to TI5 and I'd been, I'd been uh, pretty excited about Dota for a while, but we'd always been just watching. But we're lucky enough to live in Seattle. So mm -hmm. we go to TI, we went to TI4 and TI4, 5. <laughs> and basically, I was, you know how you get really excited when there are good commentators? like. Yeah you're as excited about something that it's just a video game but at the same time it's like so exciting and so i just wanted to share that with people so so you just sat there in the audience and you were like yeah i'm gonna be a commentator yeah pretty much i was like i really want to share this with more people because mm -hmm. i have a lot of friends who don't do anything with video games like they they don't know anything about it they would never watch video games etc etc so mm. I was like, look, I want everyone to be able to enjoy this. So, so how much of it is that you want to be a part of the, like, the, get famous? Do you think that's a part of it? Or is it just a love for the game? Or is it just you want to be a part of TI, but you're not good enough to play? What, what do you think it is most? I'm not super, I don't know. I'm, I don't really want to be famous is the right way to say it. I... I guess it's more like I don't I didn't think I would be successful like I honestly uh I'm always wanting to cost bigger games or cost more yeah. but when I look back on the games I've costed I'm like really surprised I didn't think I would ever cost a tier one team and I've costed alliance I've costed liquid and I was like wow so I I think I just went into it because I was like really excited about dota and I was riding the like hype of being excited off yeah. the ti5 and then every game I cost it's like even more exciting <laughs> That's that's awesome, actually. So why didn't you think that you would ever cast a T1 uh, team? Um, I know it's really hard to break into casting, and I when I did some research before I started casting, I saw that there were a lot there are a lot of casters out there, and 
There are a lot of good casters out there who never see any sort of recognition. I think Odie Pixel's a great example. He was casting for two years before anybody kind of knew about him, and he was casting well for like at least a year of that, because I've seen some of his older casts, and he was pretty damn good back then too. It's not like he improved a bunch and then people noticed him. It's yeah. like, you can cast and be fantastic, but there's just so much, uh, so many people out there, there's so many established casters that I think it's really hard to break in. What do you think you need to be able to break in? Do you, is, it, yeah. uh, is it something special or is it just luck or is it both? I think it's both, right? I think if you cast a lot of games, you're going to get lucky and cast some games that are things people want to watch. But then also I think you have to be different. Right now, we have a lot of people who deliver information in various ways. And I think if you're exactly like one of those people, you're probably not going to succeed because it's like, oh, you're like Coster X, but Coster X is better. So, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, they have years of experience. So, you need to do something different, you think? Yeah. I also think maybe you don't have to be different for different sake, but just bringing something different to the table, mm -hmm. even if it's just like, you know, some people are, some, there are some casters who are very strong in analysis, there are some casters who are very, very excited. Um, and it might just be varying levels of that that people enjoy. It's hard to make everyone happy. I, I know that for sure. I think I'm doing mostly the, the a lot of emotions strategy and it works pretty pretty good at least. But I have the I mean I have the Swedish language, so I don't have as many people to, to fight over the viewers with. On, yeah. On the second on second hand though, a lot of viewers still watch the English uh, so, so um, tell me a little bit about your first uh, contact with the gaming world, because I'm, I'm guessing you also like to game, not only talk about games. Yeah, so for gaming, I'm one of those kids who grew up in like the Pokemon era, so it was pretty natural, you know, you play like, you play Pokemon, you play like Mario Party at your friend's house, you play some Crash Bandicoot and all of that stuff. So I think that was pretty natural, and I didn't actually play a lot of, well, I played PC games, but like smaller PC games. I think it wasn't until Diablo 2 that I really played anything online. Because before that, I just didn't have good enough internet. It wasn't like until I moved mm -hmm. to America that I could play online games. <laughs> so, um, it was like, I played Diablo 2, and this, I, I played Diablo 2 when it was quite old as well. I played Diablo 2 when everybody was already playing other games, but I thought it was really enjoyable, because the servers were often empty. <laughs> But if you say Diablo, it's not its not much of a competition in that game, no. I guess. Do, do you like the competition otherwise in other games, like trying to find your ranks or, or trying to beat others? Or what is it in the gaming um, that you really love? Is it the competition or is it something else? So for Dota, I, I got addicted to... I just thought it was really fun and I liked how you could play every game differently and I think for a long time I was just someone who played Dota to have fun and then I remember when Ranked came out it was like everybody was getting their ranks right when Ranked Dota came mm -hmm. out and uh, I did it too and then like your friend has a higher rank than you and you're like this can't be right so then you like start trying to play really hard to beat their rank and that's basically how I got into the more competitive side. Mm -hmm. I think up until that point I played Dota for fun like completely for fun you know you'd pick like CM and just walk around the map like ulting things because it looked pretty or you'd play like a coward carry and you just kind of try to kill stuff but if you didn't it was fine. So. <laughs> okay so there is a small part of you which is competitive then I guess. Yeah. Or, or maybe I, even a bigger part. I definitely I try to 
toggle it on and off. When I play solo ranked, I'm super tryhard. And if I'm playing with friends and I know we're trying to be competitive, we will play very competitively, like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, taking timers on stuff like, oh, okay, someone used their ult, we know what the cooldown is, that'll be back up here. Oh, like, God. that tryhard. But usually, if I play with most of my friends, we just play for fun. Like, you know, you pick Ogre Magi mid or something, and you have that, a good That time. is a good, that's a legitimate, legitimate strategy. Yeah, it's really that's strange. awesome. That's, I also like uh, Ogre Mage's body. I think he has a really nice body. So if we go back to you more uh, and a little bit away from the gaming. So tell me a little bit about uh, your family and how you grew up. Uh, yeah, so I, as I said, I'm from Australia. I had a really weird upbringing, I think, compared to most people. I grew up in this, uh, it's a capital city, but it's a pretty small town called Adelaide. It's the capital of South Australia. But I also spent like half my life on a sheep farm because I had family that owned a sheep farm. No way. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, people are always like, oh, you grew up on a sheep farm. Um, so that was really different because, you know, you'd go from the city where obviously Australian cities are pretty much like cities anywhere and then all capital cities. And you have enough technology, you know, and then you go to the farm where you're out with the sheep. You don't yeah. actually have internet. You can't call anyone on the phone. And so that is awesome. So yeah. was that a nice way of, of, of like being a kid, being out on a farm? That sounds much better than living in a city. Yeah, I really liked it. And I really liked that you got forced to do like I had to chop wood. You had to go check on the water tanks, so you had to like walk all over the property and check that there was water for everything. And then you had to go deal with sheep, and sheep are like hilarious because sheep are... People have this image of like fluffy little nice sheep, but <laughs> these are sheep for like shearing. They're like dirty and messy and stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was just very different. They're strong too. I actually, at some point when I was growing up, because I also grew up in a very small place, we, we had to help some of the neighbors bring the sheep into the barn i guess again wow that's a so they're so strong <laughs> yeah so, so are you strong no i was and then i was in the u.s for a while and didn't need to do too much i'm like me i'm okay strength but i don't think i'm as strong as i used to be because like you used to have to move a lot and as you said the sheep like they'll like headbutt you and stuff yeah and i know knock you over if you're not careful <laughs> so so you lost the strength probably do you think you have anything uh, any other strength, if we're not talking just physical, with you because you grew up in a in an environment like that? Oh, yeah, I definitely think I I definitely still, you know how, if you're on the internet, people are going to say mean things. I definitely get sad, but I definitely think I put up with it or not put up with it. I, I handle it maybe a bit better than some people who initially see it. I think... I think probably if I hadn't had some of the various life experiences I've had where people have been like very blunt and very honest and very rude, mm -hmm. I would probably have just quit after like the first bigger cost I had. Because, you know, everybody was like freaking out on the first cost I had. They're like, who is this idiot woman? Like women shouldn't be costing blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, well, thank goodness I have a background where like I've heard some of these complaints because I also work in engineering. And I was like, thank goodness I have that background so I can just be like, F you, back to everyone. Yeah, did I mean I've seen some comments uh, to 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 Cheever or and also to you and and they are really rough in my opinion. I think in most people's opinion. But why do you think it's like that? I mean, I think one uh, there's a couple things. There've been a lot of articles on how people think they can say anything on the internet. There is a 
Uh, there's definitely people who think that the internet comes with no consequences and they don't basically care what they say. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the aspect of there are people who just don't like it when anybody new comes into their hobby, be that someone completely new to the scene, be that a woman that, you know, they're gatekeepers. I don't know if you guys have that term. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they're like, oh, I got to keep my hobby pure. So they attack anyone that they don't like, which I think is really silly because I just want to share Dota with everyone. But, but do you think it's harder for you because you are a woman? I think, I think there's pros and cons. I think obviously the big con is the one we're talking about. There are people who are just going to hate you based on who you are, mm -hmm. which really sucks. Like, you're never going to get good enough to convince those people that you're a worthwhile caster. On the other hand, I think I'm really lucky because there currently, other than Shiva, there aren't any women who, kind of, who cast or anything. So I think I have it a bit easier being noticeable. Like, I think a lot of people know who I am versus some of the other casters who are in my same area and I think a lot of that is because for them it's like oh that's another dude voice and for me it's oh no that's the one woman who's casting right now other than Shiva. So you see both sides but I, I can guarantee you the hate uh, I've been I've been doing this for some years and the level of hate that, that I see you guys get you girls get I should say uh, is I, I've never reached that even if I'm doing the worst cost ever and and I don't know I never reached that level of hate so I think it's a different but I also think that you might be right that it's it's good to be a little bit different too to have yeah. another shot to get in there maybe maybe I try to look at the good side right because if I just focus on the I don't think you're wrong I think I do have like a really hard route ahead of me if I want to get better is the other thing people will like focus on the mistakes I make more than other male co-casters I've had that happen in my costs where my male co-caster said something wrong and I corrected them and then chat was like uh, <laughs> I basically he said omni slash doesn't he said omni slash doesn't go through windrun and I was like I'm pretty sure omni slash goes through windrun or something and then chat was like really upset and they were like oh how does she not know this thing and I was right and it's like come on yeah. um but I think if I focus just on the bad, again, as I said, I'd probably give up. So I just try to focus on, hey, I got to just do what I can that's good and, you know, keep trying to get better. That sounds great. You talked a little bit about engineering job there. I, I guess you have a job also on the side. Yeah. So what yeah, do you do? Right now, I, right now I'm doing kind of contract work in that too. So basically at the beginning of 2015, not the beginning, but a bit into 2015, I was, I changed jobs because I needed a break. I was working at a big company in software development. I needed a break from working at a big company because you work at a big company for a few years because uh, yeah, I'd been working there for three or so years. And then I was like, look, I need a break from the corporate world. And I figured what I'd do is I'd do some contracting software and then I'd go back to a big company. Okay. <laughs> that's what most of us do. Okay. And uh, then I started costing because I had a lot more free time due to being contract yeah. worker. And uh, really enjoyed the casting, so I've stayed doing contract stuff so that I can have free time for casting. So tell me about what you do. What what is your job? You say engineering, oh. and for me, I have no idea what that means. Or give me a better idea what what you exactly do. Yeah, so um, working on developing software tools for. I worked mainly on uh, tools that other workers would use. So uh, things similar to what you'd see in like 
offices, what office workers would use. And I would do, sometimes I'd have to do the coding if we needed help, but generally I would do the design work. Like what should the UI be or what should the security systems that we're using look like? Mm -hmm. uh, what should the storage look like? It was a very, uh, I generally work in a position where they expect you to be kind of able to do all sorts of design work or anything the team needs, but they don't exactly expect you to be specialized. Like if I had to work on something, I'm not super great at like designing storage, but I would totally, if they're like, hey, you need to know, go, go work on this storage thing, they'd give me a week to like read up on it again, to brush up on what I know. Okay. So, so you pretty much have to be ready for anything in that line <laughs> of work. Okay. That's cool. So uh, you have to show me something after this interview that you, that you have made or that, that like, that's like there because of you. So I can get, oh, yeah. yeah, please do that. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm switching around my questions a lot because we don't want to get stuck and then we can go back and it doesn't really matter. But I wanted to ask you, who is your role model? Oh, in life or in costing or? Doesn't matter. You can tell me both. Oh, that's a hard one. I think the easy one for costing is I really like Odie Pixel's style of costing. And also he gives me a lot of hope that if you keep being consistently good and improving that people will notice. Mm -hmm. So I really like that. I don't know in life. I have, I really, I think in life it would probably be my godmother. In Australia, it's not a super religious thing to have a godmother. It's just like everybody has godmothers. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a godmother, even though my family is non-religious. That's the same thing with my kids, actually. So I can, yeah. I can relate. And she's just like, she is perfect. She goes after her dreams. She had one job for a long time where I think she was just kind of working in an office and now she works as a, re uh, it's called reflexology, but basically she is a massage therapist. So she works with people who are injured in some way and then you massage them to help their muscles and so on. And she really enjoys that. And also I really like the way that she handles her relationships with other people. You know, I grew up seeing my parents have a bit of a rocky relationship and then I would go to my godparents' house because we'd live with them for like half the year and my godparents just had, they would fight of course because old people sometimes have arguments but they had really productive arguments, you know? They would tell each other like, you did this thing and it made me feel this way and then the other person would be like, oh, I didn't want to make you feel that way and I'm sorry and I will try not to do that or whatever. And to me that's like such a good role model as a kid on how to interact yeah. with other humans. <laughs> So have you learned anything? Are you good at interacting with other humans? <laughs> I think so. I think I'm generally good at that. I, yeah, I think so. But it also just helps in my personal relationships and so on, right? When you have maybe a bad thing with your friend and you're like, oh, I need to talk to you about this. I'm not afraid to because of, I think, what I've seen from my godparents. Uh, that's a really cool thing. I was thinking about when you say relationships and you, you say you work daytime and you cost all the all the night times. Do you have a lot of time for friends or boyfriends or girlfriends or or is that hard? Uh, it does get difficult. I'm really lucky. So my girlfriend Amber is pretty understanding about the costing stuff and I actually try to pick up costing between nine to five. So at least if I'm working um, on contracting stuff, I'm working at home with her, like I can hang out with her mm -hmm. as opposed to casting. If it's casting, she just has to be like, we'll be in the same room because we have our computers right next to each other. And she just has to be like completely silent. <laughs> so it's not great. Um, that is not great at all. Yeah. 
does she get it's frustrated a... or or no no she usually it doesn't happen that only happens on weekends but i was casting something the other day and she read something funny and so she like starts laughing and then she realizes that she's laughing because you can hear it through the microphone and i'm just like yeah we're just having some jokes in my background <laughs> don't worry folks so but uh, what do you think people's reactions are to that do they like it because it gets a little bit personal or do you think they just get frustrated and, and disturbed i don't think people mind too much i think they're usually understanding that occasionally you'll have background noises as long as it's not something dropping or something you can control i think the funnier one is i live on top of a hill in the middle of seattle and so you can hear sounds really well so if the police drive by sometimes <sighs> it gets really loud and um on some of the later night calls for north america that i've done it's definitely had the police drive by and every and i just make some sort of joke like they found me i've got to go <laughs> so. uh the police is nice i i usually get those old cars which i don't know what kind of people buys but you know they they, they run past my window and they i don't know what mm. they're doing giving full throttle and trying to be cool i guess and that sounds really bad here as well, so I, I understand. Um, I was thinking about... I was thinking about... What was I thinking about? I'm, I'm, I'm having my church, church outside here. You talked about religion. And I don't know why, but from my window I can see the church. Uh, and it's a big tower. And every day I watch this church tower. And, and some way, in some way, I don't know, I feel comfort from it but um i'm not a religious guy and you said uh, in australia you're not so religious either or or was it um, yeah just your family or generally i think generally australians aren't too religious i think it's the case of a lot of australians would identify they'd be like oh yeah i'm christian but they don't go to church or anything um it depends though it varies from region to region my family wasn't because my mother's from hong kong and my, oh so she grew up in hong kong and Obviously, Hong Kong was part of Britain for a while, um, since yeah. China lost the Opium Wars. And there were a lot of missionaries who then came to Hong Kong. And my mom actually went to a school that was like an all-girls Christian school, and she hated it. She was like, the nuns were crazy! <laughs> so so she, that's why she, she's just like, nah, we're not doing any of that business. And my father's just, he had uh, far too much going on in his life when he was younger. Like, you know, uh, he's lived through a cyclone he had to work a lot when he was young just mm -hmm. because of his situation he really didn't have any time for religion or anything so both of my parents not religious and then i find that because my parents were i'm not either so but but do you think if you if you would get married or baptize a child or something do you think you would look to the church for for that or would, would you do it in another way yeah probably not i think uh, I don't know. It's really nice because now in Seattle, uh, gay people can get married. My girlfriend's a lesbian. I'm not. I just date who I want. But for a long time, it was very difficult for two people of the same gender to get married. And yeah. now it's totally fine. So there's a lot of resources, church or not, that'll marry you. Because there are some churches in the US, even though it's legal everywhere, there are churches that won't marry two women or two men. So. I think we'd probably have just like a simple ceremony or something, but also that's like very Seattle. I don't know if you know, Seattle's full of like a lot of hippies and hipsters and <laughs> people who try not to conform. So I don't know if that's me speaking or just, hey, it's Seattle. It's probably easy to have like a marriage on a hill somewhere. 
Merchant Hill. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. My, me, I'm I'm not homosexual. I live with my wife, and it's uh, I've never had any issues with my sexuality. But I guess, as being a gay person in a country where where you have to wait for these kind of rules, how how does it feel? How how much does this affect you as a person? Do you think now as an adult? Oh, I was super happy when the decision came. It was actually really awkward. So I worked at a big company, and I. The day that the decision that gay people or any well, gay relationships were allowed to be married, I was really happy because it was a really big deal. Yeah. Like, a lot of people think that it's just marriage, but it also extends to taxes. It extends to stuff like inheritance, which yeah. is all the money side, but then more for feelings. You can't previously, if let's say Amber got into a car accident yeah. and I needed to see her at the hospital, they wouldn't let me in because so you're just her girlfriend. Like that's... You're not allowed to go see her because you're not family or anything. Yeah. And even if she put me as like her emergency contact and stuff, you often, like depending on the hospital staff, you might not be able to see your loved one who's in the hospital or like find out any information about if they're okay. And like Washington has always, the state I'm currently in, has always been more cool about it. I think it was one of the first states to have gay marriage, but it's still something you worry about. Like what if something happens and maybe we're in a different state and I can't see her. So having the decision come down was a really big deal. <laughs> and I was like really happy at work and nobody else was talking about it because I work <laughs> in engineering, which okay. is like, yeah. It was like, nobody wanted to rock the boat because like there's a big HR department and I guess nobody wanted to say something offensive. And as I later found out, like we actually had a lot of co-workers who were very anti-gay. Like no one would ever say anything, but it got really awkward a few times where people would say stuff like, you're going to make some man really happy because I bake a lot. I bring in like cakes to work um... and people would be like, you're going to make some guy really happy. And then... I would be like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend loves my baking. And people would just, like, stop talking. That is so insane. <laughs> yeah, but it depends. It varies. Like, there are people who don't care. I think a lot of people these days, and polls show, a lot of people don't care. A lot of people are like, oh, you should be able to date who you want. But there are still some older people who think it's really weird. Yeah, but I, I, I don't get how you even can have a word for it, being anti-gay. How yeah, how it's... is that even possible? I mean, what's yeah? I understand it because uh, of course it takes a while to change the uh, general ID in a country, but still, it's it's really sad. And the, the thing you told told us now about the emergency contact, these are things which is so important that we have, and you guys have not gotten that before. Yeah. It's it was really as you said, it was really sad and unfortunate, but. It's like getting a lot better. And I think most people, I, we have this kind of way of viewing politics in Australia, which they don't say it in America. But in Australia, if the politic, like if the, if the vote didn't go the way that you wanted, you just say something like, okay, it's fine. The old people will get old and die. And then the views will change. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's like how I feel on this issue. And I'm like, look, we're making good progress. And a lot of the people who don't agree are old. So we're good. Yeah, 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 definitely. I've, I've said those words a lot of times here to just wait for some people to die away so we can get some serious. Yeah, I mean, like my kids, they don't re even react if they see two girls or two boys. Yeah, for them, I it's think just... it's getting a lot better. Like people don't point at you as much anymore. Um, so, but you said something interesting there, at least for me, you said your your girlfriend is lesbian, but you date whoever you want. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? You 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 don't put the gender on love? 
Yeah, I think most people, I, the term a lot of people are familiar with is bisexual or pansexual. I personally don't like labeling it because I'm lazy, mainly. And also, I think a lot of people have assumptions when you yeah. say you're bi. A lot of people are like, oh, do you have multiple people you're dating? And I'm like, no, I'm monogamous. I just date my girlfriend, <laughs> but I don't care that she's a woman. Yeah. And it doesn't, it of course does change things, you know, but... It doesn't, it's not the reason I'm dating her. I'm dating her because she's awesome and she's really caring. She's like so supportive of the casting and so on. I remember when I told her I wanted to give this a try and I was expecting her to be like, why? Why would you do this? And she's just like, oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and, that's, and that is so important. I can, I can second you on that. My wife as well is really supportive and you can't do it without, without the people around you supporting you. At least someone has to be really positive to it. I think so, at least. I don't know. Yeah. Um, really interesting. You are a very interesting person. I hope I get to meet you someday. Yeah, I'll work on it. I'll work <laughs> on getting to a land somewhere, preferably Europe, since I imagine that's where Well, maybe next time in Seattle. Oh, are you going to come to TI? Well, I've, I've been to the last two TIs. Okay, uh, yeah. we can definitely meet up, yeah. I'll, we, we should like, do I that. plan to go to TI regardless of how casting goes, because I enjoy TI. Yeah, it's it's an amazing event, definitely. So, um, uh, I had something here that I wanted to... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do some... No, let's talk a little bit about something else than Dota 2, but still stay in the gaming uh, scene. Do you play anything else? I play a lot of single-player story-driven games. I actually love that video games have become more of a storytelling medium and I think that's really cool so I think the last I think the best recent game I've played that I think is an example of that is The Last of Us it was kind of the zombie apocalypse survival game mm -hmm. and what? I just thought for a video game it had excellent characters which you don't always see you see a lot of kind of this is the guy who shoots people this is the woman who shoots people <laughs> <laughs> yeah Probably. So, so, so how do, because I can't play games like that. I get too frustrated. I want to have a competition. So how do you do it? Do you, do you like buy the game, download it, and then you plan for two weeks ahead? Or do you play it until it's over? Or how does it work? So Amber and I usually take turns with story games. Oh, one of us watches the other play. And I find that helps a bit. I just don't approach it too competitively. But as you said, you have to find time. Like does mean that I'll be playing less Dota. And I definitely feel that. I'll be like, oh, I should be playing Dota right now. I like Dota. Um, but sometimes I just want to play a story game or see like a sweet story or something. And I find that that's really fun. I think though the other thing that always gets me, like right now I'm also playing Dark Souls, which I do find to be frustrating because I'm not so good with controllers. Because I play a lot of PC ports of... Uh, oh, okay, console yeah. games because mm -hmm. that's the other thing that I find is a big frustration factor I grew up like I yes I played a couple console games but I never played anything where you really had to like aim super well so if I try to play the console shooting games it's like really bad I'll miss like five out of six shots <laughs> that, that's not good <laughs> no you die you die <laughs> <laughs> you can't come anywhere with that yeah that's pretty bad so you use uh, uh, like um, you don't play with your mouse and keyboard then yeah, sometimes it depends on the game. For, like, uh, some games I'll, like, play with a mouse and keyboard even though you're not meant to. Yeah. I'll, like, you can find little programs or plugins to do it. But for some of them, I'll try to play with a controller and I'll just give the controller to Amber if I'm having too much trouble. Because <laughs> she, she plays a lot of 
She plays fighting games, like Street Fighter, and then she also has played all the shooty games. She's played like all the, what are they called, Solid Snake? Ma things of War? Snake games? Snake games? I, I, you, you know you the should, Snake? You, no, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, Metal Gear. Metal Gear Solid. Ah, yeah, okay, I know that. I know those games. Yeah. I was like forgetting what he's called. The thing is, controllers, I have the same problem. I, I played, because I am a teacher at the uh, eSports school here in, in my town, and some of the um, kids are playing uh, PlayStation or, or Xbox, obviously. So I decided to buy a PlayStation just to try to learn and, you know, get a general idea of the games. I swear to God, 10 seconds, and then I just gave the controller to my son. It's so frustrating. You need to have a mouse to play FPS games. I have no idea how they can think anything else than that. That is so <laughs> weird. I, I'm so with you on that. Um, I saw that you recently got your partnership with Twitch. Yeah. Do you, you have, I... First of all, what's the address to your channel? Make some... <laughs> um, I'm just Llama Down Under. I try to keep it consistent everywhere. Llama like the animal, down under, like being uh, Australian. But yeah, I actually, I was really uh, surprised because I think I'm, I'm definitely growing. It's something where I'm sure you see this. Sometimes after you cost, you get like a big boost mm -hmm. in numbers yeah. if it was a good game. <laughs> um, so I definitely see that. But I was really excited because uh, I think Conrad, who works at Twitch now, he used to be the Cloud9 manager, was like, yeah, I see you're growing. And also, it's really weird, you know, where when you cost, you get, I'm assuming you get this too. Sometimes when I cost games out of my own channel, because maybe I don't need to be on another channel, mm -hmm. I will get, you get like a crap ton of viewers. You definitely meet the, you meet the requirements and more. But that's also, it's hard to tell how much is that, like most of the people are there for the game. For me, at least. Yeah. And then often when I just play Dota on my own channel, it'll fluctuate between some very interesting numbers. But I was really happy, <laughs> and I'm going to keep trying to grow my channel. And it's especially great because I have a lot of um, South American viewers who can't watch unless I have quality options. So they were really oh, okay, happy. Okay, yeah. But how much viewers do you have if you're not casting? you want to tell? Oh, yeah. I get somewhere between 50 to 100 usually. And it's not a lot, a lot. It's definitely, I think, I'm looking for it to grow, but it jumps every time I cast something big. Yeah. And it also varies, right? You have days where, I think, because I know Shane, who also streams, Shane's like a great example of this. If like, depending on who's streaming, you know, if Malini's streaming, nobody has any views. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay. Because you definitely have days. I don't look at viewer count when I, call, when I stream, because I think it's bad to act differently based on viewers mm -hmm. i just try to i try to like be entertaining and then uh, some days though you'll check your numbers and you're like oh wow like we had very low end of numbers and then i'll look back and i'm like oh malini or Ortizi was streaming okay yeah. <laughs> so. i guess that's both the up and downside with using english because if you use English, you, you, you will obviously talk to more people than if you use Swedish. But on the other hand, there's a lot of other streams using yeah. English. So I can understand yeah. that. I try to just focus on what I want out of my stream because it's very... I, I realize that obviously I've actually been trying to make some changes since obviously people... You're not there for super great gameplay. I'm only 4K. So, like, I don't think people are coming to watch, like, big plays because I'm 4K and I play, like, offlane or support. So, 
Sometimes actually they're good support plays, but I feel like most of the time my big players would be like on offlane if at all. Yeah. So most of the people are there because I will say funny stuff or, you know, tell funny stories. Yeah, because you're think... entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I'm, I'm actually trying to make some changes to the stream to make sure that um, stuff isn't like during the queue. I used to keep uh, I, I want to make some changes to my overlay so that during the queue, people know when I'm next casting because a lot of people also want to know that they want to know my schedule. Yeah. And so on, so. It sounds pretty much like my channel. I have a lot more viewers when I'm uh, commentating games. Yeah. Uh, the other day, uh, actually, uh, or the other week, I should say, Pixel didn't have the energy to finish one of his casts, or if he got sick, I, didn't rem I don't remember, but he hosted me instead, and I did it in English. It was the first time I did a com uh, commentating in English, but then I had a lot of viewers. Uh, yeah. But I don't know, English for me, I, I don't really get... I want to get something more out of my language. I want to... Actually, now when I sit and talk to you like this, I get frustrated because I have different questions or you know like variations which i can't really get out in the english language but i'm trying i'm trying yeah. so i think uh, you're doing a good job uh well everyone says that but my frustration is still there so it doesn't really help but thanks uh, i have some uh, um, hard questions here for you which you have to answer and then give me the reason why you can't make you have to m make either or it's two different... Okay, I'm just going to do it and, and you will see. <laughs> okay. So, for the rest of your life, you will never again eat bacon or never again eat sweets. Uh, never again eat sweets. Why? Oh, I love bacon. Oh, I eat... We eat so much meat. <laughs> I could live with no more sweets. I could do that. But, like, no bacon? No. I need bacon. <laughs> you need bacon. So, that was an easy one, then. So, uh, never again work in engineering or never again do anything with Dota 2? I would def I think that's another easy one for me. I would love to turn Dota 2 into my full-time thing. I, it, I'm not there yet, obviously. I want to keep... I want this to be something I can do full-time. For engineering, I like engineering a lot, but I find that sometimes I don't love it, if that makes sense. There's definitely sometimes I'm working in stuff for engineering where I'm just going through the motions. I'm doing stuff because I have to, it's my job. Whereas I find almost everything I do with Dota, I really love it. And the idea of being able to play games all day, like I still have so much fun when I play Dota. A lot of people told me when you start streaming, you'll stop viewing it as fun because you <laughs> yeah. feel like you have to work. There is a risk. And I'm like, no, it's like great. That's awesome. We should play sometime. We, we are in the same, um, I'm around 4K as well. I play a lot with my viewers. Yeah. Maybe we can boost each other. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you, uh, the next question is: n never again clothes or never again internet. Oh, okay. Do I have to go outside? Like, because if I have the internet, can't I just stay inside all the time? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> what's, I what's don't know what kind of life that is. Like... But I guess, yeah, I guess I, I won't control well, what you're doing. Because if there's no clothes, like, what if it's winter and then you just can't go anywhere? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that one's actually really hard, right? I I like wearing clothes when it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like having a really hard one on this because I would probably almost always say, like, am I allowed to wear blankets if it's cold? No, no. Like, what's... Well, you can, okay, you can you can you can have a blanket around you, but that's it. You can have a blanket. Okay, internet. We'll just have to wear blankets. <laughs> yeah, internet is more important. I mean. <laughs> Also, we're going to have to work out more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's the rule. 
Just just blankets and working out a lot more. I don't know why I found that funny. I don't know. Maybe you saw, saw me, my snow dive on, on the youth. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's good that you stuck to your, your promises. Yeah, but I would probably also choose no internet. Uh, I mean, I would choose internet, so I would also have to work out more. I don't know. That was so funny. So if you were to move somewhere where it's really hot every day, like extremely hot, or move to somewhere where it's like snow and cold every day, what would you choose? It depends. Do I have the internet or clothes? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a completely new question. It's unrelated. I think, oh, so I used to get really frustrated living in Australia because actually I'm like the worst kind of person. I don't know if other people have this trouble. When it's like really hot, I fall asleep, which is really bad because you'll like fall asleep outside and then people have to move you or you might get heat stroke. Well, but, if you like fall asleep instantly, that's that's a disease, yeah, you know. I, yeah, I start getting really tired and then I'll be like, oh, we have to go inside or something because it, it's just so hot. I'm falling asleep. I just fall asleep when I'm uncomfortable. Like if I'm really scared, like when when I watch a scary movie, I fall asleep because I'm, <laughs> I'm like really uncomfortable. Okay. So, <laughs> I'd probably pick the cold place because at least you can like wear more clothes. Whereas when it's hot, like... Yeah. It's not good. But you have to tell us more about this falling asleep when you get uncomfortable. How <laughs> it's really, okay, it's really bad. It's really embarrassing. So it started when I was younger, I guess, as a fear response. But I also got scared really easily. So when I saw the first Men in Black film, I actually fell asleep. Because the beginning of the first Men in Black, like, there's aliens and it's scary. And I fell asleep. And I didn't know it was really funny. And but... then we saw The Sixth Sense as well. And I fell asleep. <laughs> so, so how would that work like in a samba capelic <laughs> what, 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 no, okay. yeah i think i just fall asleep and die it's not good <laughs> and it actually got so bad like my parents because this is when i was a bit younger my parents just stopped taking me to movies because they were like we can't guarantee you'll fall asleep and that's the way <laughs> that is that is actually really weird uh, i yeah. like but, but, but can you sleep anywhere like at friends yeah, yeah. houses and yeah yeah. I can sleep anywhere. I can sleep on planes. I think that's where I like win. I, I always just sleep on planes. People complain about their flights and I'm like, I was asleep. What's the problem? I don't know. I'm sorry. I laughed a lot. That was so funny. In some way, that <laughs> it, was so It is funny. weird. It's really weird. It is a little bit weird, yeah. So since you're from, um, from down under, spiders or snakes? Oh, definitely spiders. Spiders don't... Both are actually fine, but... Spiders don't bother you too much if you don't bother them. There are a lot of really aggressive snakes. Ah, uh, okay. There's like three species, but they're like common in Australia. And they all like come at you. Normally snakes. Snakes are normally pretty cool. Like they just want to be in the sun and eat things. And yeah, uh, but there are like three species of snakes that you'll encounter sometimes on farms. There's this like thing called a brown king, brown king cobra. Mm -hmm. And it'll just come at you. It's like, hey, I want to eat you. And you're like, I'm a human. You, I, you can't actually eat me. And then it comes at you anyway, and they're really poisonous. So, yeah. Have you ever been snake bitten? No, no, I haven't. I'm really lucky. But we've been uh, like walking around the farm one time, and like one came out, and like I was lucky. One of my cousins just shot it immediately. Like, so we don't have guns in Australia except on farms, and like. He was, we were doing, like, we were just walking around the farm, and I guess he was, like, worried about dingoes or something, so he had the shotgun with him. And then this, like, snake jumps out, and he just shoots it. 
Oh, wow. I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, it was a brown king cobra. I had to kill it. And I was like, what? Oh, okay. So, but yeah, that was pretty, it was pretty scary. And so I, I've never had a spider do that. You know, spiders just make webs. It's fine. I don't know. I, I, I think spiders are more disgusting, aren't they? <laughs> They're like hairy and stuff. So my last question might be the easiest one. I don't know. Um, if you were to be a, a, a spirit animal or just like an animal of any kind, what kind of animal would you be? Oh, I actually don't know. I Okay, so you're probably thinking I would say llama, but I actually only picked the llama name because I was calling myself Okapi, which is an animal in Africa that's the closest relative of the giraffe. I'm actually going to send you a picture because they look really weird. Okay. But basically, so you'll understand why I was like, oh yeah, I got to call myself Okapi. Um, but basically, I don't know. I, I would probably be something that eats a lot, like koala, because I eat and sleep a lot. <laughs> but you know that koala kids eat their... Uh parents uh, feces feces is that oh yeah, yeah yeah it's horrible they eat everything it's not great <laughs> because of the 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 tree that they sit in what what's it called i can't say the it. eucalyptus yeah. yeah it's like yeah it's too strong for their stomachs or something so they eat their mom's poop in the beginning yeah. i read something it's, i don't know it's like a drug as well it's like really I thought that they just, it was the only thing they could eat, but apparently it's also a little bit addictive, the taste, mm -hmm. so that's why they eat it so much, well, which I thought was weird. That's nice. But yeah, I, something like that that eats a lot. <laughs> that eats a lot. Something that eats a lot. That, that's a really good ending. Hey, um, before this interview, first of all, the reason that I even, um, that we even got this interview was because you, you joined my Twitch channel. At yeah. some point, and you just wrote hi, and I was like, yeah, I want to do an interview with you, and you were cool, and you said, okay. And I don't, didn't know much about you before this, and uh, after this, I just want to meet you, and I want to talk more about the, 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 the farms, the, the snakes, the no clothes, no internet. Everything was really funny. I think you are an amazing person, and I hope that you will do well in, in the commentating part, and I hope to see you maybe at some competitions like TI, but in the desk or in the on stage do you think it's possible yeah. i i think it's really hard to get from being a freelance caster to casting at lands and i'm definitely always looking for more ways to get involved but i my goal for this year is to cast at a land i don't know how possible it is but i'm gonna work hard and hopefully hard work and having your name out there helps it definitely will. Uh, and I, I have to promise you that I'm, I'm going to watch some of your costs fully. Because I, normally, if, if someone else's costs, I cost too. And when <laughs> I'm done, I don't really ha have the energy to watch the same game again with same costs. But I'm going to do it now and I'm going to see. I, uh, so I get a bigger picture of your commentary. I've, I've heard some and I think it's really good. But I haven't like heard a whole game. You understand yeah. me? Yeah. Yeah, and any feedback's always welcome. I'm trying to get better. I know I have a lot to work on, but I think if I just keep trying to fix all the things, it's something where, you know, if you fix everything and then also have your casting be your own unique thing, I think people will like it a lot. Definitely. And if you ever need a co-caster or a co-host or, or, or something, we can I can work on my English and I can yeah, no, I would I'll love that. Hit you up. Right now I have assigned people for some of the casting I'm doing, but I will definitely hit you up if I have some free uh, free slots. You could, and, and also just last minute uh, shots, like if, if someone gets sick or anything, I can just try to jump oh, in yeah. if I have the time. It would be fun. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so normally I leave a little uh, space in the end of the interview if you want to make a shout out, if you want to make some commercials or whatever, because it's your time and this is your portrait. So you can say whatever you want. You can also just say fuck off and we can end it there. It's up to you. Here's your time at least. Oh, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, I don't know. I followed you for a while now. I can't remember when I started, but I think when I found out that you were like a father who also still plays games and had a lot of fun with it and now commentates. So I've always really respected that you managed to, because I assume you do this full time, but I could be wrong. You assume right. Yeah. So I think that's really commendable that you like took the leap and that you do that and so on. And um, I thought it was really cool. So I actually had been following you and stuff on Twitter for a while. <laughs> so it's really cool to meet you. And also I want to say thanks for having me. And then thanks to Amber, my girlfriend, for always supporting me. And thanks to all the people. I have a lot of really nice people who have either sent me helpful feedback or just come and say hello and just really help support me um, so that I know. Because I don't think without a lot of people on Twitch when you're casting are very vocal with saying, you suck. But it's the people who come and say, hey, no, I think you're doing fine. I would, you should maybe work on this thing, but like you're doing great. That's really helpful. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being in my portrait. And, and, and let's hope that uh, your um, dream come true about being a LAN commentator this year. Yeah, so me too. I'll keep working hard. So thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.